Well, hello and welcome to Things to Realize. This is my podcast for my weekly newsletter. This is Mark Patterson. And um, it's Sunday, and uh, I'm getting around to doing the podcast version, or the audio version of the uh, newsletter that came out on Tuesday last, which was the 7th of March, uh, 2023. So this is... Uh, Moon's Gift Part 1, and um, I'm going to do a uh, quick little quote here that I put up front. Serenity comes when you trade expectations for acceptance. And that's attributed by some to Gautama Buddha. I am going a different direction with the newsletter for the next couple of editions. As I reviewed my backlog for what to write this week, the items and themes coalesced into an idea for a short story, of all things. And I don't normally, in fact, I don't write fiction. <laughs> so uh, this is, uh, but it seemed to make sense. This is the thing that uh, seems to encapsulate some of the themes I've been thinking about lately when I've been coming across. Everything I wanted to say became clear as I started pouring into what you will read below. This is part one of what is a multi-part story. It is called... Now, before I start actually the story itself, first of all, this is a fiction story. It's a, it's a short story. And it's set in uh, a fictional town along the, uh, the Mackenzie River in uh, the Oregon Cascades. Uh, with some folks who've been living there an awful long time. And in the uh, Cascades, I have several friends who go out and hunt uh, mushrooms uh, out there in the world. And there's a whole bunch of different ones, and they um, are quite good at this. And for me, I never go after mushrooms. I've only had one or two wild mushrooms in the wild, and that was with a friend of mine who I knew knew them, and they were morals or morels, which are pretty easy to find, I guess. I would not trust myself personally to uh, pick any mushrooms. And, um, I mean, there's stories, coming up from California, you know, there's stories of people going out there and, and thinking they found this really great mushroom, only to find out it's a death cap mushroom. Makes a big old, they make a big old uh, mushroom stew, and everybody loses their liver, you know. And I, <laughs> I just don't. That's just not me. However, that said, I know my friends, I trust them, and they uh, have been doing this forever and for ages, and this is uh, uh, a little mini, mini tribute to them, but also it is something that happens here in Central Oregon, actually not in Central Oregon, but the Oregon Cascades, and around just in Oregon in general. And so that's the setting, and uh, it's about a group of friends who one of them uh, discovers a mushroom beyond all mushrooms. And tries it out and finds out that it not only helps her, uh, actually helps her psychically and uh, mentally just really discover herself and feel enlightened. Uh, it also helps her physically where things uh, seem to, uh, you know, pains and aches go away, um, almost like a rejuvenating mushroom and or, you know, an elixir of rejuvenation. And... Um, it's kind of the story of what happens once uh, Janie finds uh, finds this mushroom and starts to uh, share it amongst her friends and eventually out into other places. And so that's sort of the background. And, um, and so I'll start the story. 
An amateur mycologist from a small town in the Oregon Cascades discovers a new species of mushroom in the rainforests near Mount Jefferson. After researching her new find, she determines that it contains psilocybin and other components. Now, Janie had been hunting and using mushrooms since her hippie days, when she first tried mushrooms as a student at the University of Oregon. She was an amateur in name only. She had been hunting and consuming mushrooms of all kinds for over 50 years and was famous locally for being the person to go to for all things mushroom. Janie was 77 years old, and she had her share of life's travails. She had lost her eldest daughter, Sunny, to suicide. Her second daughter, June, was despondent and bitter and estranged and blamed the loss of her sister on their unconventional life growing up. They hadn't talked in years. Janie's quote-unquote old man, they never married, was the father of the two girls, and he abandoned them in 1977 when he joined an obscure New Age cult in Sedona, Arizona. In 1982, she married a like-minded mycologist named Moon, and they lived together in their cabin in the woods above the Mackenzie River for three decades, hunting mushrooms and communing with their friends until he died of heart failure in 2012. Janie was crushed by her loss. She and Moon were inseparable, but her friends rallied around her and she stayed in the cabin and she hiked in the woods year-round, enjoying nature and harvesting mushrooms and sharing with her friends. She was surprised when she found this new mushroom, since in all her years roaming the forest in Oregon, she thought she saw everything. This mushroom was new. She noted carefully where she found it and that it grew on decaying incense cedar. After determining it was relatively non-toxic, she tried a small dose and had the most pleasantly intense experience of her life. The combination of the psilocybin with the other compounds gave her a clarity into her life and the lives of others that was transformational. She experienced an overwhelming feeling of empathy and love. She never forgave her old man, Stuart, for leaving her, but she was able to rekindle her love for him and let her anger go. She floated away from her own life and viewed the world with the eyes of her daughters and was overwhelmed by Sonny's deep depression and of June's unconsolable grief and was able to truly understand why June was estranged from her, and her love for both of them consumed her, and she became serene in her life, in the lives of her daughters and her lovers and her friends. She felt like she understood. Janie called the new mushroom Moon's Gift. She tried it a few more times over the next two months, and her empathy just grew, and she felt a oneness with everything. She had always heard about this feeling of, well, nirvana from her friends who were into TM or who had visited ashrams in India or spent time in the Self-Realization Fellowship in California. But she never experienced it herself until now. Moon's gift had truly given her a gift. Over those few weeks, she noticed that she felt more supple and that she could move better. Her balance improved, her blood pressure stabilized, she was able to concentrate better and read faster, and her eyes improved. She slept better than she had slept in years. She didn't connect this to Moon's gift initially because why should she? But the improvements were such that she couldn't deny them. 
and the changes were coincident with the discovery and use of the mushroom. She had no idea how this could be, but it was, and she was grateful for it. She knew she was taking a risk when she tried the mushrooms without fully researching them, but she was a 77-year-old widow, and she knew her mushrooms and was completely comfortable with them. The risk was real, and so she didn't share her find with her friends or anyone else for the first two months. But after using two months of using Moon's gift and documenting her experiences, dosage, and effects, she decided to share her findings with her three best friends and fellow amateurs, Maud, Jim, and Gertie. Maud and Jim were 74 and 77, respectively, and were partners their whole lives and for as long as Janie had known them. Jim was a math professor, and when he retired, they bought a cabin on the river just below Janie's place. Maud was a fishing guide for years, taking people out on the Mackenzie and to the many lakes, streams, and rivers in the area. Now she was happy to fish the stretch of the Mackenzie behind her cabin. Gertie, at 67, was the kid of the bunch. She lost her husband to an overdose back in the 80s and escaped from Los Angeles soon after. She grew up in Santa Monica and got the acting bug as a teenager. She took acting classes, invested in headshots, went to cattle calls for extras, managed to get some additions, and waited on many, many tables. She met Rod, who was a new wave musician playing in a garage in Encino, fell madly in love with him, got pregnant, got married, and miscarried soon after. She was unable to have children after that, and she and Rod partied between tables and gigs, and one day Rod pushed it too far. Back then, Gertie was rail thin with black makeup and shiny black straight hair, and she had just turned 30 and her world was over. She had always heard about Oregon and knew she couldn't stay in Hollywood, so she moved and met Janie and Jim and Maude, who took her in as their little sister. The three of them inspected the new mushroom. None of the three had ever come across it or anything like it, and they were enthralled. If anyone but Janie had introduced them to Moon's gift, they would have smiled politely, shook their hand, and told them to take it to the university for testing or anywhere else but there. Janie told them about her experiences, the divine feelings of empathy and love. She showed them her records of her blood pressure and the stats from her health app. She was living in a cabin in the mountains, but she was no Luddite. And her friends were going back and forth with fascination and a bit of incredulity and a bit of, wow, really? Puzzlement of trying to figure out how this particular species worked, why it was different, and then how it would affect them. So they decided to try it. Maud and Gertie tried first, with Jim and Janie standing watch, as it were. After about half an hour, Maud closed her eyes and began to hum. Her breathing slowed to a slow and steady cadence of deep breaths, filling her lungs down to her stomach, and deep exhales that smoothly let the air escape into the world in front of her and around her, enveloping her. She murmured, I feel beautiful and she felt herself rising above her body into the sky above and into a golden light. She perceived her friends below her, and they were shiny, glowing, and transparent. The world was transparent, and her body was transparent, and there were no boundaries between anything, her body, her friends, the trees, 
In the air, the fish and streaming water of the river, the fish were the river, and the river was the rocks and the stream, and the bank and the bank was the earth, and she and Jim and Janie and Gertie were the earth, and of the glowing and transparent earth, and she felt herself expanding and rising higher, and the earth and the moon and the sun and the and she sensed the stars and the galaxies were all around her and of her, and she was everything, and everything was her. And she felt a calm, deep serenity, and she felt love she had never felt before. On the other hand, Gertie started to softly cry a few minutes after she tried the mushroom. Like Maud, she closed her eyes. She felt a darkness grow and surround her, a familiar darkness, a deep gray cloud that she spent half her life avoiding. It was there now, and she felt a deep sadness, and she started to sob. Her grief was growing, but she felt she could embrace her sadness finally, and felt no need to push it off any longer. She felt again the rejections, the so many rejections, the pain of being passed over for roles she loved, and the feelings of futility as all the time and effort and energy to break into the business to pursue her art came to absolutely nothing. It was as if she was never there. Even her occasional stints as an extra reinforced the reality that she was just another face in the crowd, not unique in any way, yet another pretty waitress refilling coffees from stained brown carafes. She felt a deep schism that almost tore her in half. Rod, all the love she felt for him and all the grief she had for him and everything she had ever felt for him came to her as a fireball and somehow the darkness and the fireball permeated her and enveloped her. Rod, as he was when they met, was there and Rod, as he was when she found him, the horror of when she found him on the floor was there. Her beautiful son who was never to be Gertie felt the death. It was not just her son-to-be that died that day. Her love for Rod, her love for what was to come that didn't, her love for the life she was to live, this love came to her as a pink mist as the fireball dissipated, and it supplanted the darkness, and her tears flowed. She opened her eyes, and Janie and Jim and Maud were there, and she felt the safest she had ever felt and her love for her friends, her family, overflowed. She was alive. Gertie and Maud stood up together. The world was clean and bright. The four of them embraced for many minutes. And that's the end of the first part of Moon's Gift. And so the next one's coming, um, hopefully on Tuesday. I need to write more of this stuff. I need to flesh this thing out a little bit more, and we'll see how it goes. But um, it's coming. And I want to thank you for reading this edition, or actually in this case, listening to this edition of Things to Realize. I hope you enjoyed Chapter 1 of this new take. Like I said, it's different. It's, a, it's fiction. It's something I haven't done before. But like I said, it's uh, you'll see how it goes. It's going to encapsulate some thoughts I have and... You know, I think about those types of uh, fiction writers. I never really was able to do that, you know, and then this thing kind of came to me. So hopefully it'll flesh out all right. 
Um, let's see. Like I said, chapter two is swirling in my head. And we'll be out, uh, you know, soon. If you will, please like, share, subscribe, and please let me know what you think. What is happening next with Janie and Gertie and Maude and Jim? Stay tuned, my friends. And again, uh, let me know what you think. Please comment. Uh, give me feedback. And um, and ideally, you know, love it and live it, you know, and uh, and like it and share it and subscribe. Thanks again.